The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, it's the latest diet that everybody's talking about, the ketogenic diet. And there's so much to know that we're doing a two-part series, so listen up and prepare to learn the latest. Plus, later we'll tell you what's going on around town. But first up, Mark Sisson is the founder of Primal Kitchen Foods and the author of the number one best-selling health food book on Amazon.com, The Keto Reset Diet, as well as the Primal Blueprint Cookbook and the top-rated health and fitness blog, Mark's MarksDailyApple.com. And we welcome him to the Mother's Market Radio Show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Why don't you fill our audience in a little bit on your mission and your work before we get to the show's topic? Well, uh, my mission is simply to change the way the world eats. <laughs> um, more specifically, um, I've been delving into the science of nutrition for 30 years and have had uh, some insights over those years into how we can use food to alter our health, how we can manipulate gene expression, if you will, um, to create strong, lean, fit, happy, healthy, productive bodies as opposed to decrepit, declining, um, low-energy, depressed bodies. So the, the mission has been one of educating, first and foremost. So I have a website, Mark's Daily Apple, that's been around for over 11 years now. And on that website, I, I talk about all the things that I've discovered in the, in the world of science and in the research, um, these hidden genetic switches that we all have that we can access uh, through choices that we make, behavioral choices, the types of food we eat, the amount of sleep we get, the amount of sun exposure we get, the amount of play that we allow ourselves to have. And all these things affect how our genes express themselves and how our genes basically rebuild, renew, regenerate, recreate us on a day-to-day basis. So in the last several years, as I've gotten more and more into the science of food, I realized that um, People are, you know, people want to enjoy what they eat. They want to have great tasting meals and they want to, you know, food is one of the great pleasures of life. Uh, And the idea that we would have to um, consider sacrificing and all this discipline and all this, you know, negative uh, connotation and context that goes with dieting or trying to eat right just didn't sit well with me. And so I created a line of products uh, sauces, dressings, toppings, and things like that that you could put on otherwise healthy but sometimes bland food to make it taste really good. Wow. Well, it sounds exciting. And today we're talking about the keto diet, of course. And to Mark, lately we've been hearing a lot about this buzz about the ketogenic diet. Can you explain keto? Well, yeah, you've, you're hearing a lot of buzz about it because it's, it works. Uh, the ketogenic diet is simply a way of eating that encourages your body to derive more energy from fat as opposed to relying on carbohydrate for fuel throughout the day. And the ketogenic diet is just a sort of a next level way of eating beyond a traditional kind of low carb diet. So when you when you realize that you probably would be better off cutting out simple sugars and sweetened beverages and um, can, you know cakes, candies, pies, cookies, and all the things that I think we probably all know that we ought not to be eating so much of. You know, you come down to um, a diet that is fairly low carb, but it still has enough carbohydrate in the form of vegetables or, say, potatoes and tubers and and things like that or whole grains 
that, um, that, that is low in carbs but isn't low enough in carbs to really prompt your body to burn fat. So while the low-carb diet and the way I've been preaching for the last 15 years about this paleo-primal ancestral way of eating by cutting out all the crap, if you will, um, it's, it's a very efficient way of eating. There's yet another level that we can get to, and that's the ketogenic diet. So I wrote a book called The Keto Reset Diet with the idea that everybody would be, would be well served by spending some amount of time in ketosis, um, not just once in a while, but maybe once a year or for several weeks a year, to kind of reset, kind of retune their metabolism. The idea behind the ketogenic diet is you, you derive more energy from, from fat, whether that's the fat on your plate, whether that's the fat on your body. You derive, uh, you become metabolically flexible. And what that means is that you, you get energy from whatever substrate or, or energy source is available to you at that time. <clears throat> As I say, it could be, could be food on your plate, could be food on your body, could be um, carbohydrates on your plate, could be uh, food on your body, could be fat on your plate, could be fat on your body, could be carbohydrates on your plate, could be glycogen in your muscles, could be the ketones that your body is making. So you become this metabolically efficient beast uh, that never runs out of energy. The alternative in, in modern societies is we become so dependent on carbohydrates that all we do is eat more and more carbs, and the carbs you know, generate short-term energy, but we don't, we, you know, we don't have a long-term benefit from it, and as we run out of carbs, um, we get hungry again, we have to eat more carbs, the body can't store much carbohydrate because it's just, it's just not the way we were designed. So the theory behind keto is we, we were able to store so much fat to a fault in, mo in most cases that we have all this great energy source that we're carrying around with us all day long, all this wonderful fuel. We just have to relearn how to burn it, how to access it, uh, every minute of every day. So that's really what the ketogenic diet is about. Interesting. What has been your personal experience on the keto diet? Yeah. So, you know, I, again, I've been talking about low carb eating and cleaning up your diet for a long time for, you know, 15, 20 years. And I've had great results. I mean, I, I you know, I have all the energy I want. I have, I maintain my muscle mass. I don't get sick. Um, I don't get hungry. You know, I get hungry, but I don't get ravenous the way a lot of people do. Um, and so I thought everything was like copacetic and I was going to live the rest of my life that way, just eating kind of a clean up, cleaned up low carb uh, diet. And uh, a couple of years ago, I'd been writing about in my blog about people who were spending a lot of time on this ketogenic diet and really cutting the carbs down to like 15 to 50 grams of carbs a day. And, but they were getting amazing benefits. And uh, because I'm a sort of a scientist and a researcher and like to experiment, I thought I'd do you know, a deep dive into, into ketosis and ketogenics and see, you know, what, what was there for me. And it was pretty, it was pretty transformative. I mean, I, I got to a next level. My, my body fat, which was already quite low, if I do say so myself, um, got lower. Um, I put on a little bit more uh, lean muscle. I had more energy. Um, you know, I, I, I noticed probably most significantly that my appetite diminished to the point that it would have concerned me, but for the fact that I realized that um, that's really one of the benefits of, of this whole keto program is you become so flexible, so metabolically flexible and efficient that you derive more energy from fewer calories. And so I found that I could take in 30% fewer calories in a day and still maintain muscle mass, have the energy, not get sick, and not get hungry. 
And I, as I looked at that, I thought, geez, wow, that's like, that's an amazing concept that people could become more efficient at what they eat uh, and, 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 you know, eat less. And, and as long as they didn't get hungry, because that's the key, if, you know, this is not about starving, this is not about forcing yourself not to eat, this is about just controlling your appetite and being so good at accessing your own body fat stores that your body is always able to get energy from you, from, your, from a closed system, without having to take in exogenous feedings. So uh, as, I, as I looked further and further into this, and I realized that you know, some of the science behind this keto reset would be that you increase the number of mitochondria in all of your cells, but particularly in your muscle cells. Mitochondria is where the fat burns. So the more mitochondria you have, the more fat you can put through your energy-producing system, and the less you have to rely on regular feedings of glucose or carbohydrate. This is, a, again, a very, um, it's an elegant uh, adaptation that we've evolved over millions of years. Um, I mean, if you think about it, you know, humans are wired to overeat. We're, we're always trying to fight that little voice that says, come on, you can have more, you can eat more. So we're wired to overeat from evolution because for most of our history, there was no regular source of food. So you came across a source of food and the brain goes, well, let's just not only eat enough for one meal, let's eat enough to store the extra calories as fuel on our body because there might not be fuel for or food for another two, three days, four days, whatever. So we have this elegant, beautiful system that takes excess calories and converts it to fat. It's really a cool system, except we haven't learned how to take it out and burn it. And in order to do that, you have to create the environment where your, where your genes are saying, okay, there's not going to be a lot of carbohydrate. There's not going to be a lot of glucose. What do we do? We go to plan B. Plan B is we, we upregulate enzyme systems that take fat out of storage and combust it. We increase the number of mitochondria, which is where the fat burns. We increase the efficiency of those mitochondria. Uh, and we and and we do some other really cool things like we start cleaning house in the cells. So when I go undergo a, a ketogenic way of eating and I decide I'm going to cut back a little bit on the amount of, or maybe significantly on the amount of carbohydrates I'm taking in and I'm going to cut back on calories, um, every once in a while I'm going to skip a meal or two. And if I skip that meal, that's when the body goes, all right, I'm going to burn fat. I got that handled. I'm going to make ketones, and I'm going to use that to fuel the brain. And because there's no food around, and this is a, a scarce environment, I'm going to actually start to consume, as a cell, consume some of the damaged proteins and damaged fats within the cell. I'm going to do some house cleaning. I'm literally going to repair some of the damage that's accumulated through my excessive ways um, up to now um, by, by literally house cleaning some of the cells. So there's a, there's, a, there's a whole realm of ketogenic science that looks at the anti-aging benefits of that. Well, you just said anti-aging. Yes, I am interested. How was uh, this research different than what you knew before? It's not different. It's just it's, it's an extension of what I knew before. So it's next level stuff, as we say. Um, like I said, I could have stayed where I was and for the rest of my life been completely happy and healthy and productive and all the things I talk about. But I'm a person who, you know, I'm always looking for like, okay, what's, what's a little bit better? What's the next thing? What can I, what can I do to improve my metabolism, uh, increase my uh, energy levels, uh, 
you know, um, uh, maybe uh, incorporate some of these anti-aging strategies into what I'm doing uh, a little bit more. So if, for me, it was just about kind of always wanting to get to the next level of health or fitness or whatever. Now, how that applies to, even if you're, if you might, a listener might be someone who's not into performance or sports or whatever, or even into, you know, um, maybe not even into looking good naked, just looking into, in, into wanting to be healthier. Keto has been very transformative and revolutionary and revelationary for a lot of people who are, who have plateaued in their efforts to achieve better health through their traditional methods. So there are a lot of people who are using keto now to, um, you know, to improve their metabolic efficiency to the extent that they might even get off their meds. They might, they might get off their type 2 diabetes meds, right? Or they might, they, they might decrease inflammation to the point that they don't need the NSAIDs on a regular basis anymore. Um, there are a lot of other sort of ancillary benefits uh, besides just losing body fat and, 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 you know, burning off your stored body fat. Well, this is all very interesting information. And right now we need to take a quick break. So more in just a moment. Don't go away. We will be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high quality, great tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with Her Life Stages. The first of its kind, comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. And welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to remind you that if you've missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for radio and listen to the past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Primal Kitchen's Mark Sisson. And we're talking about the keto diet. And so, Mark, what are some of the misconceptions about the keto diet? Well, probably the biggest misconception is that it's um, unhealthy. Um, you know, there's been, over the years, um, the term uh, ketoacidosis has been bandied about, and it's a condition that happens to type 1 diabetics uh, and, and, and I would say raging alcoholics who have liver issues, but it's basically a situation where the body builds up more ketones than it can process and creates an acidic environment. Um, in type 1 diabetics, the issue is one of not having any, because, because of, by nature, type 1 diabetics do not make insulin. Um, that's a situation that would arise under certain eating conditions combined with certain fasting conditions combined with not having enough uh, insulin uh, available. In every other person, the availability of insulin, because insulin turns off um, ketosis, so it's an elegant little 
system that monitors the levels of ketones in the blood, and if they get too high, then, then insulin is secreted, and that's the end of that, and it doesn't rise too high. So, it's, so the, the danger um, has been way overstated, and it's in a very uh, select, small population of people who are not well to begin with. Otherwise, um, the other, I think, <clears throat> misconception about keto is that it's, that it's not sustainable, and I know people have been, who've been keto for 10 years, and love it and prefer that condition and stay there. Uh, and th I think, um, you know, I'm not suggesting that everyone do that. I'm suggesting people experiment with keto for a couple of weeks or a couple of months at a time because every time you embark on this keto, um, uh, I call it the keto zone, but every time you get into this keto zone where you've cut carbs way down for long periods of time, days or weeks or even months, um, the body does have that ability to adapt and create more um, uh, more mitochondria to burn more fat, to uh, increase the number of en enzymes involved in taking fat out of storage. Um, all these um, uh, adaptations take place over time, and when you, even when you stop uh, using keto, when you get out of ketosis, when you increase the number of carbs, you don't lose those benefits. They don't go away because you've done this genetic manipulation by, by sending these signals to your body. So I live in a place where I call... Um, metaphorically, I actually live in Miami, but I live in a place where I call what I call the, the, the keto zone. And that is because I've done the work and I do it regularly, I go, I, do, I go deep keto for weeks at a time, sometimes months at a time, but then I come out for a long period of time. Um, so I can have one day where I might have 30 grams of carbs total for the entire day, feel great. Another day where I might have 175 grams of carbs, feel great. Never notice the difference one way or the other from one day to the next because I've built that metabolic flexibility. I'm able to extract energy from, from any source of calories that my body has access to. Um, and that's, that's a really, uh, again, a very empowering position to be in, to be able to, to, um, to know that you can always get fuel from stored body fat. Um, you can always eat because food is everywhere. But if you don't eat, if you eat, let's say I hop on a plane, you know, and I and I and I don't have breakfast. I fly all day. I get to where I'm going. It's late at night. I don't eat dinner. I don't notice it. It's literally. It's almost a. Uh, you know, there's a, a a mental clarity and a benefit that happens that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten had I eaten meals. Now, in the old days, when I was what we call a sugar burner, when I was one who was constantly dependent on carbohydrate uh, and loading up those carbohydrate stores and, and storing that glycogen, if I skipped one meal, I would get hangry. I would, I would you know, and if I, God forbid, I skipped two meals, I'd be, you know, I'd pass out. So I developed this skill, and it's available to anyone because this uh, genetic recipe exists in all of us, uh, to be really good at accessing stored body fat, burn that fat for fuel, uh, not have to eat on a regular basis, um, to the extent that a lot of people who are in, in keto or live in what, that same, what I call the keto zone, like my day looks like this. I get up in the morning, I have a cup of coffee. Basically, it's, it would be black coffee, except I, I color it a little bit with, uh, with heavy cream. Um, I don't eat until 1.30 in the afternoon. So my first meal every day is around 1 or 1.30, and then I have a second meal, which is dinner, around 7 or 7.30. So I eat in what we call a compressed eating window. So there's 18 hours at least, sometimes more, throughout the day that I don't eat at all. That's when all the good stuff is happening in my body. That's when all the repairs happening. That's when all the fat burning's happening. That's when all the muscle building's happening. That's when um, any workout that I've done 
uh, where I and I do all my workouts fasted. I don't eat before the workout and I don't eat after the workout. Um, and that's where all the benefits of the workout really accrue because the the body knows enough to to create a pulse of growth hormone and testosterone after, say, a hard lifting workout. Well, if you eat a meal right after that workout, particularly one that's high in carbs, you blunt that growth hormone and that testosterone effect. So you're sort of blunting the intended effect of the workout. Um, so one of the, one of the I think, the major um, kind of commonalities and themes among people who are keto is three meals a day is just too damn much food. Don't, it's not like I couldn't eat it. It's like it's uncomfortable to eat it. So I only eat two meals a day. Um, I think you'll find that very common throughout the keto world. Um, some people are keto, use a, do a regular uh, 30 to 36-hour fast. So they, they'll, you know, they'll have dinner one night, and they won't eat the next day at all, and then they'll have breakfast on the following day uh, as a regular part of their strategy. And, and they report you know, more energy, better mental, mental clarity. Uh, the, the misconception in the old day, because we're talking about misconceptions here, would have been that if you go that long without eating, you'll lose muscle mass. You know, you'll cannibalize your muscle tissue. That was the old mantra that the bodybuilders had and the whole health world had back in the day, not too long ago, where, you know, it was assumed that humans were grazers and you had to eat th multiple small meals spread evenly throughout the day, right? You had to carry your Tupperware around with you and have, if you were a bodybuilder, you had, you know, get up at 4.30 and have a, sh a sh protein shake and then have a breakfast of egg whites and then have a mid-morning snack after your workout and then have a lunch and then have a mid-afternoon snack because you, there was this fear that you were going to be cannibalizing muscle tissue if you went too long without get getting some form of carbohydrate. That that misconception has long since been debunked, and now there are, there are a lot of bodybuilders. There are even sites dedicated to ketogenic bodybuilding, um, a site called Keto Gains, for instance, very popular, and it t shows people how to, how to maximize bodybuilding on a ketogenic diet. And so who do you feel can benefit or find the most success with a keto diet? You know, that's such a broad question because I would say uh, everyone listening would be well served by trying the keto experiment and seeing how you feel, um, particularly people who have maybe plateaued in their weight loss efforts. You know, they're they're struggling. They've they had initial success and now they've you know they've 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 found that uh, the gains or the results are not happening anymore. Um, people who have um, you know had inflammation issues, uh, whether it's polycystic ovarian syndrome or arthritis or uh, just joint pain or tendonitis or whatever. Um, I think would be well served doing a keto reset. You know, in other words, doing this. I have a book called the Keto Reset Diet, and in that book, I stair step people into a into a, a very comfortable process where they start to eliminate certain types of carbs, and they have to kind of uh, earn the right to go keto halfway through the book. And if you haven't met some of these qualifications, you you can't go keto. You can, but it's just going to be not as pleasant, right? Um, you know, I think that. Uh, there are a lot of endurance athletes who would, um, if they took a year and really dug deeply into keto, would improve their performances dramatically because endurance athletes are a class of, of people who have historically relied on glycogen reserves. You know, they're carbo-loading the whole time. Every day after a workout, they have the carbo-load to refill their glycogen so they can go out and train hard again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Once you become keto-adapted and fat-adapted uh, and your body starts 
becoming really good at, at, at deriving energy from fat, not just when you're walking around or at rest, but when you're actually doing 80, 85, 90% uh, of max capacity work. So we have uh, world-class uh, endurance athletes, particularly in the longer, the, the more profound this is, so 100-mile racers who, um, you know, who are running six-minute, 30-second miles and getting 95% of their energy from fat. So they don't have to drink these gels or these liquid sugar concoctions during their races. They don't have to carbo-load. Uh, and, and they're also reporting that they recover from training better because the inflammatory nature of a high-carb diet not only um, manifests itself in, in the average person, but if you can imagine a person who's running 100 miles a week and, and doing all of this uh, repetitive motion stuff, which is an inflammatory in and of itself, now you add an inflammatory high-carb, high-sugar diet to it, uh, that's where people get you know, injured. And I mean, that was what kept me literally from um, competing in the 1980 Olympic trials. I qualified for the 1980 Olympic trials, but I was so inflamed and I had so many itises from arthritis in my osteoarthritis in my feet to tendonitis in my hips that I just couldn't, I couldn't train nearly at the level I needed to anymore. Wow. Um, is it different? Can you tell me uh, for men or women and the effect it has on our bodies? Here's a, here's a new concept. Men and women are different. Um, you know, hormonally, to a certain extent, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there there's certainly a lot of similarities in how we process food, how we store fat, how we burn fat, how we build muscle. Men and women are very similar. But the extent to which we do that differs, and largely because of the, uh, the influence that hormones have on us. So men have more testosterone, so they build muscle a little bit easier. Women uh, who are, you know, in childbearing, uh, of childbearing age, tend to uh, maybe store fat a little bit easier uh, for for purposes of evolution and, and survival. Uh, so, so, so the answer is, yeah, I mean, keto does work for both men and women. It works, I'd say, uh, I mean, I know women who just swear by it and are going to live it the rest of their lives and think it's the greatest thing that ever happened. I've also met women who've struggled, you know, getting the same benefits from keto that their husbands have gotten far more easily. So, um, but a lot of this has to do also not just with male-female, but with your age, with your uh, metabolic history, you know, have you had a history of 50 years of doing metabolic damage to yourself by just not exercising appropriately and eating really, really, you know, poor choices? Um, you know, have you had uh, um, gut biome issues? You know, have you had, um, been on antibiotics and destroyed your gut biome? And because there, there are elements of, of uh, keto that we talk about in the book that have to address uh, dysbiosis in the gut, for instance. So, you know, everyone's, we, again, we all share this genetic recipe that, that has the ability to do certain functions. It's just the degree to which we do those functions that vary for, among individuals, and some of that's a result of your parents. You know, your parents contributed to your gene set, and they might have some some what we call SNPs, some uh, single nucleotide polymorphisms that are different that cause you to make a little bit more of one enzyme and a little bit less of another enzyme. Um, so I say we, you know, we treat all of this diet uh, exploration as, as an experiment of one. N equals one is what we talk about here. And so try something, experiment with it, see how you like it. 
Um, if it works for you, great. Keep doing it. And if it doesn't work for you, move on to the next thing. Well, all great information. Very interesting. And thank you so very much, Mark, for your time and some great advice. And we really appreciate your knowledge and look forward to having you on again the next time. Get more information on Mark and the website is primalkitchen.com. Learn more and maybe pick up that book. We look forward to our next visit. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market radio show and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.